and welcome to The Metals Money and Markets Weekly, brought to you by Mining Stock Daily with exclusive syndication at kitco.com. I'm your host, Trevor Hall, and joining me to recap this week's numbers is the mercenary geologist, Mickey Fulp. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to The Metals Money and Markets Weekly. This is Trevor Hall. Joining me again is Mickey Fulp. Uh, Mickey, lots of volatility all around this week uh, in gold. Uh, started off pretty well on Monday, but uh, boy, it really took a turn. Well, there was lots of volatility all around. This is what happens when markets get frothy like they have. Many markets are frothy. So uh, gold had a rough week. Uh, it was almost predictable when you saw the U.S. dollar go below 90 for the first three days of the week. And gold went down. So yeah. when the dollar went up, there went gold. Broke resistance that we've been talking about for months now at 1775. Uh, tested resistance about 1720. Ended up today at 1732 for almost a 3% loss. Uh, silver. Not quite as bad, lost 2.2%, closed at 26.57. Platinum and palladium, especially platinum, which has been way overbought, down 7% to 11.77. Palladium uh, lost $33 to close at 22.25 for a percent and a half loss. Uh, gold is uh, gone below its 50 and 200-day moving averages on February 2nd. So it was really primed for this. Next resistance we see is at 1,700. Um, and not going to tell you, I didn't tell you so, but I published a piece on the 4th of February that gave a chartist view of how, uh, of why and how gold could could break resistance and go into a bear market. Not saying it's going to happen, but the charts are telling us something. Uh, it's worth the read, everybody, if you do go over to Mickey's website and, and take a look at it. It's almost dang near identical, isn't it, Mickey? <laughs> it, it re, it's remarkable if you overlay the charts of 2010 and 2011 before we went into the big five-year bear market for gold and the chart from 2019 to 2020. Uh, so quick read, about 300 words with five charts. So um, sometimes chart chartism, technical analysis actually works, Trevor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mickey, let's go over and chat about copper real quick because, you know, despite a pullback today, it's still – Closed up three and a half percent. Yeah, and it's up seventy-five cents in the month of February alone. <laughs> it's gone exponential. Talk about an unhealthy market. Well, you're looking at it with copper. It pulled back uh, nine cents today after hitting four twenty-eight yesterday, which is uh, uh, an eight and a half year high. You know, you have to go back to 2011 to see any prices that are currently above what it closed at today at 419 for a three and a half percent gain. Um, 
It is in huge backwardation, Trevor. I, yes. I don't know if I've ever seen such a backward market. Yeah. We're looking eight cents backward from the front month to the fifth month. My mm. gosh. So that tells you right away, this is purely wild speculation. And and the copper market needs to take a breather, settle down, do a correction, which, uh, what's that? 10%, take it down 40 cents and, and sit there and consolidate for a while. We'll see if it happens or not. Yeah, I run the copper futures chart. And right now, I'm looking at it right now. $4.09. cents. $4.09. Spot is at four nineteen as we're reporting. Unbelievable. Right, and it's at $4.09 all the way out till September or something. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mickey, let's uh, let's go over to the oil industry. We we continues to see this I don't know reflation commodities trade kind of continue to come into the oil sector. Uh, another great week, four and a half percent. Yeah, but it actually dropped considerably today too. Uh, closed at sixty one sixty one for a four and a half percent gain. And uh, if you look at what copper and oil have done uh, this month. Uh, you can see what runs the world, oil and Dr. Copper, because they, they've kind of tracked each other week after week. So uh, let's go through the numbers. Rigs plus five production uh, dropped to 9.7 million barrels, not as, as much as I thought it might uh, do the freeze up in Texas. Stocks were up 1.2 million barrels. Imports, get this down one and a half million barrels per day, down to 4.6 million barrels per day. I didn't have time. We'll have the number next week, but <laughs> that could be like a 60-year record for lowest oil imports. Uh, and, of course, that's going to be a temporary thing because of refinery shutdowns in the Gulf Coast. Due to the deep freeze, refineries at 14.1 million barrels, reflected by shutdowns, minus 600,000 barrels. But get this, uh, we're into the to the buildup, the refinery runs for the summer driving season, which we expect that to rebound quite nicely, uh, but we're still down 2 million barrels per day, year over year. Some tidbits from the oil patch, China shale has failed, <laughs> and, uh, and if you've ever worked in China, which I have done, uh, the technology there is so backwards, it's amazing. But uh, uh, anyway, that was uh, probably predictable. Uh, minus the Keystone Pipeline now, increasing amounts of Canada heavy crude going by rail. That's not so green, eh? And finally... The Marcellus fracking moratorium in the Delaware Basin of Delaware River Basin, let me say, as opposed to the Delaware Basin of West Texas and New Mexico. That ban is now official. So, you know, let the so-and-sos freeze in the dark, I guess. They don't like natural gas for uh, New York, Delaware, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Uh, Mickey, let's go talk about uranium real quick. Uh, it continued spot price in the red, uh, but we're starting to see a lot more money move into this sector. 
Well, it's down 8% year to date, closed at 27.88. Man, it's been a long time since we've seen oil or uranium prices that low, Trevor. Uh, down a percent and a half. We are down one, two, three, four, seven of the last eight weeks. Uh, and here's what I noticed. All my uranium stocks are down considerably this week. Uh, yes, they were down quite a bit. Uh, I would point out that I did notice just yesterday it was announced quarter of a billion dollars in financing coming into two separate projects. What are those projects? Uh, the next gen, the next gen arrow deposit, oh, and then uh, also yellow cake. <laughs> uh, so that's money. That's money capital moving in. Uh, I did do an update to our uranium update on the podcast, and there is a little bit of momentum for Uranium Participation Corp uh -huh. to start buying on the spot market at these yeah. prices. So I can understand the inflow into Yellow Cake, which is basically uh, a, a uranium holding company, physical uranium, supported by the Kazakhs and, and also U.S. money in, in it. Uh, and some Canadian, well-known Canadian uranium entrepreneurs in that. Uh, I don't quite get the next-gen financing for that project, stranded project in the western Athabasca Basin that I dare say, Trevor, will not be developed in your children's lifetimes. Oh, don't, don't tell me that, Mickey. All right. That's a conversation off mic. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, let's move over to the money section. Hey, man, I'm just telling you, maybe <laughs> you ought to sell your position, take some profits at some point. Because <laughs> uh, it, it ain't going to be a mine. <laughs> uh, let's go chat about money, where the real story was bonds, bonds, and bonds. Oh, yeah. The 10-year treasury and, uh, hit a one-year high uh, yesterday. Uh, it touched overnight, I think, 1.6%, closed the day at 1.44%, still a one-year high. Uh, and that was a lot of what's driving the dollar down. Uh, and we already mentioned uh, dollar was below 90. It made a nice rally last couple of days, closed at 90 94 for a six-tenths percent gain. Euro was down to 121 down four-tenths of a percent. Looney really took it bad this week, and I'm not really sure why. Maybe it was uh, overbought a bit, closed at 0.7856 for almost a 1% loss. But, you know, I looked at this 10-year uh, treasury and, I, and, I, and euro and the yen are still at zero interest rates for their long-term bonds. Uh, Trevor, we could see a revival of the yen carry trade, if you remember that big thing from about 10 or 12 years ago. I'll have to admit, uh, when it comes to uh, the money market, I'm pretty naive, and so I'm learning as I go. But I, I do understand the significance of the movement here. So I'll just yeah. I'll, I'll just admit, I, I don't know what I don't know. Well, so this carry trade, I mean, I, I'll explain it in more detail next week because I, I actually need to review it. But it's basically an arbitrage between uh, a bond that uh, uh, is not paying any interest rate and a bond that's paying... 1.4%, uh, at least 1.4% uh, more. So it's a trade. Yeah, 
arbitrage trade. Uh, I will also notice the long-term 30-year also hit a year-and-a-half high, topped up at 242 this week. Well, so so uh, the Fed basically, U.S. Treasury and or the Fed, uh, uh, manage uh, the bills, which would include anything other than uh, – seven or 10 or 30 year bonds, but they do not manage interest rates on those. Those are free floating rates. So uh, we'll see at some point if Fed doesn't step in to do something about it. There's a lot of speculation on that, isn't there? Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. Let's, uh, uh, let's get to the markets, man. I hope people who are along the markets had their hedges in place because uh, it was <laughs> it was red uh, and was led by tech stocks. But if it was going to be led by anybody, it was going to be led by tech. There's a lot of red on the board. The VIX volatility just uh, uh, really increased uh, 27 to 29 Thursday and Friday. It was really a mixed week with a uh, flat to up and Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then uh, uh, extremely down uh, yesterday and, and down, well, NASDAQ recovered a bit, but we had a big NASDAQ sell off yesterday. Um, Let's look at the numbers. Uh, Dow closed at 39.27, down 1.8%. S&P 500, 2.5% down to 38.11. NASDAQ down 5%, and it actually recovered nicely toward the end of the day today. It closed at 13.192, down over 5% on the week. Um, part of this has to do as people are, are pundits, let's say, or Politicians and pundits are starting to dig into this stimulus bill for 1.9 trillion. It turns out that two thirds of that money is not scheduled to be sent, spent until 2022 and or 2023. So this is not a COVID relief bill. This is a pork bill, uh, and. Not only that, but $1 trillion of the previous stimulus bill, which I don't know when that happened, uh, August or something, or sometime in the summer, uh, has still not been spent. So, uh, geez. Anyway, leave it to D.C. politicians to muddy the waters, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, Mickey, uh, we talked about a little bit uh, before we recording that the venture was kind of rolling over a little bit earlier this week, but it uh, it really took a hit. Yeah, it actually recovered a bit today. Uh, you know, it was pushing eleven hundred dollars at the end of the last week, and actually uh, went above that early part of the week, but took big hits yesterday, uh, and it closed at. 1019 down 7% on the week. Uh, you know, we've talked about this for a month now, how overbought certain sectors are. And those sectors started selling off on Monday. Uh, and then the junior, junior gold sold off big time today. So uh, it's just uh, kind of piling on. And that's what happens when markets get frothy. Uh, you know, we've been telling people, take profits, do not be greedy, take profits, take your money off. Uh, I hope people did that. Yeah. Uh, Mickey, hopefully next week, uh, a little bit of 
a little bit more calm, but we beware the Ides of March as we do. <laughs> it's not a... oh, the Ides of March mate, don't happen for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> March we... 15th. March 15th, the day that Julius Caesar was assassinated. <laughs> well, uh, what are we looking towards the first week of March? Geez, Trevor, we got Fed speak out the yin yang. Lots of untruths going to be told next week by the multiple Fed governors. Uh, we've got PMI, and the big one, of course, is non farm payrolls on Friday. We've got factory orders. We got jobless claims on Thursday. But more than anything, I think you and I are going to be watching this gold market and see if it uh, if it breaks resistance at seventeen hundred. If so, look out below. Yeah, yeah. I did notice there a few of my favorite positions in my portfolio ended the day with green hammers after a big sell-off. So there's there's my silver lining. Well, okay. and so gold did make a rally. It it was as low as uh, hang on a minute, I'm looking at the numbers. Uh it started its big fall, opened New York at seventeen sixty. Uh, within four hours, it hit a low, it looks like, at about 17.18. So closed up a bit toward the end of the day. And uh, you know how these markets go. They get oversold. People come back. You know, there was probably a lot of uh, uh, stop sales that occurred today as the price of gold dropped. Yep. All right, Mickey, a little bit longer today. That's fine. There's a lot to cover. We'll chat with you again next Friday. Okay, Trevor, thanks. That's it for today's recap on the Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly. You can catch up on Resource Sector News every morning on Mining Stock Daily. Watch, listen, and read Mickey's work at mercenarygeologist.com and tune into this show over the weekend at kitco.com. Thanks, Mickey, and thanks as always to our loyal listeners.